the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. From our Gospel, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. <clears throat> the main barrier to spiritual growth is the temptation to look at life from the wrong perspective, using the wrong standards of measurement. The main errors of our time are to look at everything in economic and consumer terms. The economic questions are how many and how much money. The consumer questions focus on are you personally happy or satisfied. In contrast, the Bible focuses on growth in virtues, such as faith, hope, and love, which the Bible describes as bearing fruit. Anyone in parish ministry knows the ubiquity of the economic and consumer analysis. If someone asks you about your church, the invariable question is, how many members do you have, or how many people come on Sunday? And too frequently, people assess their experience in the church by how it made them feel in the moment. Did I like the sermon? Did I like the music? I'm not advocating for bad sermons or bad music, but there's a critical distinction between one's immediate reaction to a thing and the long-term impact of a thing on a person's spiritual growth and formation. For example, for me, potato chips are always more immediately satisfying than vegetables. But vegetables contribute a lot more to the long-term health of my body. Likewise, spiritual formation requires that we learn to embrace things that are not as immediately satisfying because they are beneficial to our formation over the long run. The parable of the sower and the seed in today's gospel is the parable with which Jesus began his parable teaching ministry. And in the gospel, Jesus was clear about his purpose for teaching in parables. He said, to you, that means to the disciples, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest in parables, that hearing they may hear and not understand, and seeing they may see and not perceive. That is to say, I'm telling parables to conceal the truth. Jesus was not just being difficult. Rather, he was not rewarding the consumer. The disciples heard the parable, and they did not understand it. They subsequently sought out Jesus and asked him to explain it to them and thought about the meaning over time. Most of the crowd that gathered, by contrast, heard the story, didn't understand it, and concluded, I'm not listening to this teacher anymore. He tells stupid stories, and we don't know what they mean. 
when following Jesus became difficult and required effort, many stopped following. Genuine faith perseveres in the pursuit of knowing God. As Jesus said in Luke 11, 9 and 10, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. This promise is the conclusion to a story Jesus told about perseverance in prayer. It doesn't say, ask and you will be given next day delivery. It says, continue asking for as long as is necessary. Eventually, as your faith is proved to be genuine by your perseverance, you will begin to receive and find, and you will begin to see the door opened. The long-term framework is assumed by the parable of the sower and the seed. If you plant a seed in the ground, it will take time to grow. You will have to tend it and protect it from predators, weeds, and weather. But if you plant a seed like a consumer and expect a beautiful flower or ripe fruit tomorrow, you're going to be disappointed. This suggests that we should not assess our practice of the faith in terms of whether it makes us feel good at any particular moment in time. Rather, the concern should be whether our practice of the faith is producing what Galatians refers to as the fruit of the Spirit. These are virtues and characteristics listed as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Short-term experiences of pleasure or dissatisfaction should be assessed in terms of how they relate to the long-term goals. For example, we may be going through a season of visible struggle, but God will use that season to cultivate new virtues within us and to purify our hearts and our motives. Virtue is the long-term fruit of patient endurance, patient and faithful endurance through our struggles. If we always demand immediate satisfaction, the long-term fruit cannot be produced in us. Similarly, how many people come to church on a given Sunday is a bad measure of God's work in a place. A church can be small and grumpy or large and happy and not produce the fruit of the Spirit. The only important question is how the seed of God's word and God's spirit planted in us in baptism and received through faith is growing and bearing fruit. Though we can all readily identify and critique the consumer and economic analysis of everything, we are all influenced by it. 
It is in the air of our culture. Consequently, it takes a concerted effort to reorient ourselves and learn a new perspective. When we don't like something we encounter, we must practice taking a breath and consider how we might grow by purposely working through this uncomfortable thing with patience and grace. We must learn to look past surface numerical assessments and focus on God's interior work in our hearts. The parable highlights two dangers we can focus on in the upcoming season of Lent. First, the seed on the rocky soil fell away in time of temptation. It was not able to persevere through a season of uncomfortable testing in service to the goal of long-term growth. Second, the seed among the thorns was overwhelmed by the pleasures and cares of life. It was so caught up in its experience of immediate happiness and satisfaction that it lost sight of God and his kingdom. It gained the world and lost its soul. Together, these seeds highlight the truth that having too much or too little happiness or profit are both potential distractions from the goal and telos of growing in the spirit as we move towards the resurrection and the life of the world to come. Pre-Lent focuses our attention on the long-term goal of Easter. Easter is not merely a future day of celebration. Easter is a new experience of resurrection that we enter into through a renewed experience of the cross. Our cross is the horticultural work we each embrace during the season of Lent. Lent is not just about giving things up or saying more prayers, though we do need to fast and pray. A good Lent involves pulling weeds and reorienting life away from the idolatry of stuff and towards worship and constant prayer and service to others in the name of Jesus. We can consider over the next nine days what is needed in each of our lives for the seed of God's spirit to take deeper root in our hearts and bear new fruit. Lent will give us an opportunity for extended horticultural work towards the goal of long-term growth. As Jesus said in conclusion to our parable, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.